You are now tuning in to the Top Shelf Edition, presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company. Northern Superior Brewing Company always brings forward top shelf product and customer satisfaction. Located on 50 Pym Street in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Northern Superior is available for local delivery or provide a friendly yet exciting atmosphere inside its tap room. Follow Northern Superior on Instagram or Facebook. You can also check out their website at northernsuperior.org. At Northern, we're superior. It's a Northern thing. Now how about some hockey chat? Let's get to the crew inside the Gem Studios, bringing you Gem and the Game Sports Show Hockey Edition, Top Shelf. Booyah! And it's time for the Game Sports Show Top Shelf Edition, presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company. Northern Superior Brewing Company, where they're superior and it's a northern thing. Make sure to check them out on their website, northernsuperior.org, or through Facebook and Instagram. They got delicious options available for beverages for you to enjoy. I know I'm having one right now as I sit here for this recording. It is your host, David McKaig, and I am joined. Inside Gem Studios is yours truly, but through Skype. Dane Hantro, Justin Heichel, going over to Dane first. Uh, Dane first, sorry, join us through his cellular device on Skype. Dane, how's it going, my friend? Ah, uh, it's good. I mean, it could be better if the Oilers won last night, but they didn't. So uh, here we are today on Sunday, looking forward to tomorrow's game. Well, Justin, you know, Dane is sitting here with two Leaf fans. If we take off our host hat here for a second, Dane, of course, everyone knows, is an Oiler fan. It was an enjoyable weekend. This overall hockey season has been exciting, I feel, to watch. But, Justin, I know you and I just in, in the pocket recording. People might have listened to that, then transitioned over to this. But So we already know how you're doing on this Sunday. But let's ask you again. How are you today, Justin? I'm doing a lot better than Oilers fans, Dave. That's for sure. <laughs> You know what? I said this in our little chat group the other day, uh, yesterday, last night, sorry, with Dane and Alex, is that I'm very scared about what an upset night or two after pointless Connor McDavid will be like. Uh, I feel like they're going to have to watch 97 a little bit extra. But nonetheless, fellas, it's going to go through the agenda here. Uh, Dane, I have also brought this up in our In the Pocket segment as we're recording two shows here today. Today marks the 11-year anniversary of myself and Dane's good friend, Matt Howard, uh, who tragically passed away 11 years ago. Uh, so I'll make sure I brought up on this edition as well. Matt. Uh, was obviously a really big sports individual who enjoyed football, hockey. Uh, he was a Red Wings fan and Cincinnati Bengals fan. If you want to look over to football, uh, of course, 11 years since his death. And of course, Dave and I have, uh, we definitely hold him close to our hearts, as do many other people. I said this on In the Pocket. I will say it here on Top Shelf. Look to the person to your left or your right or anyone in your household. Just give them a hug and appreciate that they're here with you today. But transition to today's agenda, I'm going to get into, we're going to talk about Local hockey, yes, local hockey. We're going to briefly talk about and remind you how it has started. Major Junior has started with the WHL. We have an update on the Ontario Hockey League. And then we're going to transition to some NHL discussion. And after that, we're going to be done the show. It's going to be a very, very quick upload uh, for our top self edition that we are normally accustomed to. So I'm going to get started, fellas, with actually the local 
blend update. And I'm going to transition to where the NLGHL, which is a tier two junior level here uh, in the uh, Northern Ontario realm and the on- Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, they have gotten started in particular with our home base team, if you will. Uh, Sue Thunderbirds played three games against the Blind River Beavers this weekend, winning all three games. Espinola and French River have been playing as well as resuming. And I know Sudbury, we are still waiting in the wind. Myself and Scott Neeson had a bonus upload earlier this week about the schedule and the upcoming plans with those teams. I want everyone to make sure that they check out the NOJHL, also check out the websites of their corresponding teams to see where they are playing. If they are playing, we did have teams that are not playing this season, and myself and Scott have touched on that already, so you have to check out that bonus upload edition. But nonetheless, hockey is back. If you're in Tuesday, if you're in Blind River, there is hockey to be enjoyed in the Algoma region, which is great to see as they're all excited to be back. We hope to have some guests from the Thunderbirds uh, as staff and players going forward as we get towards near the end. So, fellas, the only thing I want to ask you guys about that is I brought up to Scott on the upload that we had earlier this week is that right now it seems that Sue and Blind River are going to be playing a lot of games against each other going forward. Sudbury is a team that is waiting to see what's going to go on. If everything goes good with them, there's going to be three teams that can probably play each other within the regions of uh, from Sault Ste. Marie to Sudbury area, Sudbury, the Sioux, and Blind River. I figured since we don't know how long the travel are going to be able to travel to these other teams by the year end, how the schedule might change, it most likely won't. But why wouldn't it be a good idea to incorporate a little tournament cup so they can attract scouts on these streams that they're playing and also uh, just so fans can be kind of more interactive games. Dan, I'll go to you first. Do you think it would be a good idea to for them just to incorporate like a Northern Ontario uh, or a Goma region or maybe a, a somebody who's a legend in the NOJHL? Heck, you can call it a Jerry Patingle trophy if you really want to. Uh, but you maybe have a little tournament between the three teams or if Sudbury doesn't join, maybe an Algoma Cup like they used to have between the Thunderbirds and Beavers that they didn't really continue uh, and kind of make a little tournament out of it. Just kind of give a little bit of credentials uh, before the season completes. Yeah, I mean, I I think at this point, any idea is a good idea. Um, I mean, (laughs) you look at the Lake Tahoe, that was kind of, you know, a bit of success as far as, you know, kind of an odd event that, uh, you know, probably won't ever happen again. You know, no fans, hockey game, you know, by the lake. So, I think, like, you know, a little mini tournament, you know, to excite some people. I mean, it's different, and it's it's just a different season, different year. So, I mean, yeah, I, why not? I, I, I feel like I feel like that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, but it's a little tournament, right? That's what they used to have uh, from knowing from when I played. The Thunderbirds and Beavers had a, a – t- I can't recall the name. I still can't. I tried to research. I can't find it. I thought it was called the Provenzano uh, Cup prior to that, but it could be incorrect. So I know people might correct me in their comments. Uh, but you, they used to have tournament, a season tournament where the winner of that season would have a trophy at the end of the year uh, and something that wasn't really continued going forward from what I gathered anyway. So it'd be interesting to see if this is something that they can kind of incorporate, kind of, you know, maybe attract scouts, right? If you're streaming on a thing, you could say uh, Beavers and Thunderbirds battle for the blank, blank cup. You know, it just it adds a bit more excitement. Us talking about like for our media realm, how we try to get the extra clickbait. Hot spoiler alert uh, for our titles that you see that kind of streaming might be a good opportunity for scouts. Hey, Justin, don't you agree? 
Well, like, like, given how weird this year has been and how little exposure the kids are getting, I mean, not kids, but players are getting, I think having a tournament like this where you can kind of throw them all into a mix, these scouts can show up, watch, you know, two days worth of hockey, and you pretty well see these kids in every situation that you'd see them in over the course of a season. Uh, and if you three, four, even three teams, there's still – that's 70 kids that are probably getting a look at that otherwise wouldn't have had a look at all this season. And it gives them that much bigger of an edge moving forward. I, I think anything at this point is better than the nothing we've had so far. Well, I think there's obviously the time you should get creative. I mean, do anything. And I mean, you've like, said that before. And we've said that before. People, like, do it for the following couple of years. I mean, like I said, I mean, nobody's going to get mad if they try something that doesn't work right now. I mean, any hockey's better than no hockey, right? So I think, yeah, getting creative uh, and doing little tournaments like that would be a great idea. Uh, you know, fans are really open-minded right now. Like, they're willing to that's what pretty I well give us hockey. We'll take it, however. <laughs> in any form. In any form. Yeah. And you can check out, like, there are limited seating available when you go. There there are options to view the Thunderbirds in person. Make sure you check out their Instagram page. It is also getting in touch if you're looking at from a St. Marie, Ontario perspective. Any listeners from there that you could, if you want to tune into a game, there's also streaming options as well. But, fellas, moving on, it gets our, our topics here. For the first little bit, I must remind listeners that this is a commercial-free upload, uh, given the time frame of the show being shorter than normal. But all these topics that we're kind of going to touch on back-to-back-to-back here are all connected, and it's a nice transition here. It's easy for us. And from the NOJHL now, moving on, there was games. There are upcoming games that you can make sure you check out on the NOJHL.com website there'll be more thorough detail on our monday upload of espn 1400 with scott neeson and also yours truly ej russell and Mitch davis but we have now major junior hockey has started in the wa right the edmonton oil kings teams are going dylan gunther is looking very good in the first just just under a handful of games uh but they are back to playing they have that short schedule that we've already discussed uh they have plans you got teams staying in the rank to, to live at for them for the meantime Okay, so what I'm leaving the table and the floor open with here is that they've started, OHL and the QMJHL haven't started. Okay, and the conversation, and this is as per uh, KitchenerToday.com, the OHL commissioner says, conversation with the public health is still ongoing. Uh, The goal is to return to play this year. Now, we've talked about 24 games, how they can fit 36 if they want to, because it aligns with the NHL draft where I have brought up um, this year in the NHL draft, they, they, the, the date for that draft is July 23rd, 24th. Now, that might be pushed. We don't know what's going to happen. But as long as you finish the OHL, Memorial Cup, or whatever you're going to do before the NHL draft, that is where it's imperative because scouts – because that's where team and players want to be a part of that. And they're based on their performances in these tournaments. It's, a, it's big, right? But transitioning back to the WHL point, they've started – OHL hasn't, QMJHL hasn't. Good friend of the show, Nathan Parrott, one of our former special edition uploads presented by Little Caesars Pizza. Nathan Parrott was on that show. His son, Andrew Parrott, okay, had a petition that has already been signed by many hockey players. It's touched every area of the province. It's actually already connected to the QMJHL as well. There is players that are hoping to play because of their dreams of being in the National Hockey League or professional level are, are dwindling before their eyes. These kids are not getting younger. 
So I'm giving the floor here to everybody, whatever topic you want to jump on about the WHL starting, OHL not starting, the petition letter. Justin, going to you first. Pick your poison. I mean, I think it's just more of a frustration that the OHL haven't gotten playing in some sort of regard, whether they've, you know, had had these guys, players go back to their respective cities to at least consider getting ready for training camps because I mean, there's a lot of these areas that aren't in, in a lockdown anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, you could at least get these guys going, training, um, back in their communities because whatever you have to do, there has to be some sort of quarantine if you're coming from a... I don't even know, because Ontario is so stupid sometimes with these rules. Like, they change every 10 minutes. So, I don't know what color zone we're in. So, if you're purple and then you got to go to yellow and then you got to lock yourself in a room for 10 days. But then if you go to orange, you got to lock yourself in a room for 32 days or, you know, however that's going to shake out. You should probably get the, the ball rolling with that. Like, it's March tomorrow. And I mean... I know I'm sounding like a little loose and making fun of these COVID regulations, but you've got to come up with something. I mean, you got to leave running out west already. And half the province isn't having an issue right now. So, like, get going. You're, you know, you're holding some of these kids' lives in the balance. And, and again, like, it, there is going to be some sort of quarantine. So, if you got to move them back to the Sioux or move them to Sudbury or move them to wherever, get going. And no, even if we can have a couple teams, you know, more northern teams, like have the Sioux play Sudbury in North Bay, you know, or something along those lines. Just have those teams play each other for a little bit, much like we were just talking about doing in the, um, like with the Sioux and Blind River and, you know, having like a small tournament that way. Do that with the OHL teams, get them going and then move them on to somewhere else once somewhere another region opens up. Why not Hubs? Like, We've talked about that too. Like, I know this, it's a lot different, all right? W, the, I can't believe how much it's different between provinces, right? Like, I felt that maybe the WHL and, like, it all depends on COVID cases, right? It all depends on uh, like what's going on. But for them to not have anything in place, as obviously to remind listeners, we're talking about the uh, the petition the, and the OHL not starting, uh, they... It's just crazy to me that they're, they're, they're this that they're this far behind the WHL. Dane, I don't know if I'm fair to say that, okay, but is it is it is it true? Or you, Justin, if you wanted to touch on that, is it fair uh, that the OHL is this far behind the WHL? I, I I don't I don't think it's fair to the players. I mean, like I understand the league's faced with a lot of different issues with how many different health units there are in Ontario and you know, Alberta's. Even like out west is probably a little more. <laughs> communities are a little further apart, right? So your your risk of spread through communities and stuff like that. It wasn't as big as it was in Ontario. Like I don't know. Like it's there's I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I guess each area faces its own unique challenges. Yeah. But to have one full league running and the OHL doesn't even. Like, I, I honestly, if I was just going to say, I'd say we're probably six to eight weeks away before they even think about getting on the ice. It's, and you got to think oh. about when they get on the ice, too. It's not like, well, you got to hope they've been trying to play or keep in touch and go. But, you know, the, by the time they get the approval and get arrangements, even if that happened tomorrow, it's still going to be a couple weeks. Well, like, that's weeks. just it. Like, if, if the paperwork and everything was signed for half the league to get going and, 
that all got put through tomorrow. We're still looking at the end of March before we'd actually see a game. Yeah. At, yeah. The, at the very earliest. Like, you have training camps. You have to... Yeah, there's a process. You got to give some little, some preparation. Now, Dane, uh, you you know, you, there there's a there's a piece here with the, that's so much different than anywhere else. Yeah, like, I, I I think like my thought on it is obviously you know everybody wants the players to play, the players want to play. Um, if they can't make it happen this year, um, they have to be compensated in some way, and that's whether you delay the draft by a year and you're just drafting 19 year olds and have two separate drafts. I just, I mean, you got to think your, your window's pretty small, especially for some of these guys that might, you know, bloom a little bit later in their junior career and, you know, might have that big season in the draft year and they're not able to play in their draft year. And, you know, previous to that, you know, they're not even on the radar for, for certain scouts. And I mean, we all know, I mean, a guy can, you know, come out of nowhere, especially in junior hockey and, you know, have a, you know, an average season one year and then, you know, me, one of the top guys in the league. So, um, yeah, I, I, I obviously the OHL and is working with the Ontario government. Um, I mean, they, they wanted no body checking at one point. So, uh, it, it, I mean, it, I, I think, you know, the OHL can only do so much, with, you know, without the approval of, of the Ontario government. So, um, and like the other thing, it's like, well, if we got the Western Conference playing, we got the Q going, but we don't have the OHL going, well, then we really have no Memorial Cup. There's no point of having that. And then you also have to consider all the American teams. Like, I mean, if we can't have American teams travel to Canada in the in the National Hockey League, like, you know, we're sure as fuck not going to have it in the OHL, I would imagine, like to have that happen in junior hockey. So, and then like, what do you do with that? Like, there's only so many teams in the States. Like, do these guys only play, you know, two you know, two other teams the whole time. Like, I, I can't think of off the top of my head how many, you know, American teams are in each uh, each league. But it's just, so it's not even fair to them either, right? So it's just, it's it's a very complicated subject. I mean, unless you bring those American teams up and they... and they Combine or combine different city. Or, yeah, so, I mean, I, 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 I mean, they've had a year to think about it. So it is surprising... That, you know, when the opportunity arises, I hope, you know, they have a plan in place where it's just a smooth transition and, you know, it's a two-week training camp, a little bit of quarantine and get the guys going. But, I mean, you're going to have to do that quarantine, right? And then you're going to have to have somewhat of a training camp, like, I mean, at least a week or five days or something like that. So, I just, I have faith in the CHL, I hope, and the OHL, I mean, they've had months and months and months to plan this they've had you know templates from all these other sports leagues and how they've done it and you know what's been successful for them and what's not been successful for for other leagues so like i said we'll see what happens but uh yeah it's a shame for these kids because i mean uh, ultimately you know there's going to be kids that you know may have had a future in hockey that you know might miss out on it because you know the you know the right scout didn't see you know this little hidden gem and you know you know how it is it's just so it's going to be unfortunate all all around but uh, hopefully they can figure out something together and at least get like a 20 to 30 game season in and go from there 
Yeah, it's going to be wicked, especially what's going to happen towards the end. Like, if the WHL is the only league to be successful this year, do they have their own little cup? And then the OHL and Q, you brought up good points about the draft this year. I, I almost feel like it should be fair that they do push the draft into next year. And these maybe these players, they they move the age gap next year. You know, usually you, they'd be overaged if you're 20 this year, right? Maybe they push it for one year that they allow people to come back and play that full year again. Is that fair? No, probably not. Is that unrealistic? Maybe. Well, and like the, the funniest thing about this year's draft too, is like, if you ask any, you know, any NHL scout or, you know, any hockey personality, you, the, the top 10 is a scrambled mess right now. Like there's, there's no front runner for the number one pick. Um, I mean, it, it, I've seen it. It's changed so many times. And I mean, <laughs> You know, if we don't if we don't have, you know, the, the guys playing, it's it's just I mean, there's only like I mean, you got NCAA kids, right? That that's about that's all that's playing right now, but mm-hmm. all junior all the kids that are playing junior hockey. So yeah. I think that almost that it's almost maybe let these overage guys Get that wave that right even. I was thinking about this. Wave that right because after you play some time in the Ontario Hockey League, you have to wait some time before going over to the NCAA. Maybe you make sure these overage guys get some time in the NCAA next year so they're able to get that extra year of competitive edge so they can qualify for the draft, which could be this year or next year. It's gonna, there's so many ifs and ands that we can bring into in this conversation. But the overall point is, is that they need to be prepared for when the government says, yes, it's got to be soon because – like how things are ascending in the right direction and descending with COVID numbers to a point. It's not where we need it or get it to be, but the vaccine is starting to come out. It's starting to starting to transition. They got to be prepared with teams that when we get the approval, it might be tomorrow at 6 a.m. They better have something in place that's prepared with other teams and other players or all the everything arranged for when that started. Okay, if this if it says yes this week, this is when we're starting. If it says yes next week, that is when we're starting. Be prepared because that's where it seems like the OHL is not at yet. But I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth or even the Q. We're not even really being fair with the Q, MJHL. But the only thing I want to say quickly about this point is the WHL has gotten underway. There is a CHL Leaders podcast Yes, I am giving someone else a free plug, if you will, on our show. But this is it's got some great information uh, that you can connect through the WHL.ca or through the major sites. And they go through all the discussions and also uh, with former players, current players, etc. But it's certainly something you can give uh, a check out where uh, it's maybe – of course, a good standard of additional information for yourself also to get more in tune with the uh, major junior hockey level. I certainly found it uh, pretty interesting on my end. So if they get wind that I gave them a little f- a free plug, don't hesitate to give us a free plug as well, if you will. Now, here's the thing, fellas. We've talked about how that all transitioned. WHL is underway. There's a petition going around. Before we jump into the National Hockey League, it's Dave McKay, joined by Dane Nahantro and Justin Heiko for our Top Shelf Edition presented by North Superior Brewing Company. The petition can be observed. It is on my social media page, on our show's social media page as well. And it, as I mentioned, it was Andrew Parrott uh, that has uh, has uploaded this uh, this uh, uh, petition and the link is community.sumofus.org some of us so community.sumo 
fus.org slash petition. Then there is a lot of characters after that. But you can see that right at this current time of this recording, 2,398 have signed, and their goal is hopefully to get to 3,000. So if you haven't signed in, uh, to give your just a, it's a free to do sign in. Uh, if you want to see this petition grow, it's been recognized uh, throughout the realms of Ontario. It will get to the government. People will see this. And as long as we have our voice or our clicks being seen, it will be valuable for a lot of players that are hoping to get back on the ice. But nonetheless, NHL fellas, we're going to get into uh, talk about the National Hockey League and the NCAA updates you can also check about as well as you know NCAA hockey has been uh, going on you can check that out NCAA.com and myself Scott and the crew will get in some further details and updates about the NCAA just due to our time constraints we're going to move forward from that today and go right into the National Hockey League the the NHL as we sit here and recording we're not going to dissect games that are happening just because of time and outdated content if you will but again is it fair to say, and I know Dane may have a difference of opinion because of coming off a loss last night, It's is it fair to say that, yes, maybe the North Division doesn't look as strong as some divisions, but is it not the most exciting division? Dane first, then I know we haven't heard Justin's voice in a little bit, but then we'll go over to Justin. Oh, well, I, every so-called expert that I listen to is like, oh, the North Division is stacked, we have all these playoff teams, and then as soon as Calgary and and Vancouver starts sucking it up, and Edmonton comes second in the uh, division. Now all suddenly it's a shitty conference. So I, I think I, I really do think like Winnipeg, Toronto, and Edmonton. Um, I mean the Oilers and Leafs. You, I mean you never know what could happen during a season just because it's the Oilers and Leafs. But I like to think those are three really really strong teams. Um, I mean I'm a little bit surprised with Vancouver and and. Yeah the flames to be honest but i mean at the end of the day somebody was gonna have to suffer right i mean and ottawa wasn't gonna lose every single game this season and they're even starting to come on a little bit so um i i think there's definitely weaker divisions i mean i think the division with you know the california teams and i mean even looking right now like colorado's struggling in that right now they're not exactly playing the best and so I mean I think I think every 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 division has you know some strong teams and some bad teams at the end of the day but uh, yeah I, I, it's definitely the most exciting I mean yeah, what's by far little mini series between Canadian teams right so um, I mean I, I I'm I'm a fan of it um, I mean I've been it's coming to a point where I don't even notice there's no fans in the crowd anymore I mean I just <laughs> like hockey that much and uh, so but. Uh, yeah, I think, like, it, it's hard. We'll see what it looks like at the end of the season, right? Like, we're not going to know who the strongest division is until these teams play each other in the playoffs, right? Like, they're only playing six, seven teams each all year. So when it comes down to playoff time and we get down to the conference finals, I guess we'll really see, you know. But I, I everybody picked, you know, Vancouver before, you know, the, 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 um, the divisions got scrambled, you know, they're going to be a playoff team. Calgary is going to be a playoff team. Winnipeg is going to be a playoff team. And if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I believe five out of the seven teams before, and this is without having, you know, the X rate in the playoffs, like Vancouver, Winnipeg, Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary all had playoff spots when it was like a normal NHL. So yep. like we had a 16 team playoff. So like, it's crazy to say that now all of a sudden this division is shit. 
So yeah, it's amazing how people say that. You got the Leafs, Oilers, Jets, Canucks, who went far last year. You have uh, the Flame. Like, no, anyone who says it, like, it may seem that way, but it, it's not. And teams that are coming on, look at Minnesota Wild, team that has won six straight if you look at this recording today. So NHL is different all around. Justin, going over to you, North Division. Should people shut up about being so saying how weak it is and just your overall thoughts uh, up to this current uh, podcast date? I don't I don't think it's a weak division. I think it's competitive. I mean, there's yeah, we've had blowout games. Don't get me wrong. But those same teams have come back and kicked the shit out of the top team. So, I mean, it really goes to show that any team in this division could win on any night. We've seen we've seen the good, the bad, the ugly of most teams so far. But I'm telling you for free, and I'd put money on it, that the Ottawa Senators would probably beat the worst team in every other division. Yep. I, 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 they would kick the fuck out of the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> I'll tell you that for free. Like, that's... Like, there's... And, and to, like, to Dayton's point, I, I mean, the Oilers fans, they, they kind of they take a little shit on this one. I and mean, the Oilers would have rickrolled every other division right now. But again, because like the Canadian division, I think, is so competitive, and this division hasn't been faced with any breaks. No team has had 14 or 17 days off because another team couldn't play or because of contact tracing or just some teams get on a run and they go like the Leafs. The Leafs were hot for a really long time. And you know what I mean? Eventually that has to cool down. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm being a bit of a pessimist on that one, but I, I don't, I, I don't get where people get off saying this is a, it's a weak division. I and mean, I think it's just as competitive, if not more competitive than every other one. That Western American division is kind of a disaster. Any team wins on any night. So, I mean, maybe that's that's the same. I have the same outlook as people looking in at the Canadian division saying it's not good. You know, it's not good. It's watered down. Well, no, I watch it every night. I've watched every single game, I think, so far this season in this division, or at least part of it. And every friggin' game is competitive, or at least the team doesn't quit. I don't watch those Western divisions. So to me, I see the score. I see what comes up in DraftKings, or I see how I get hosed in my Tim Hortons fantasy hockey. And it's like, oh, these teams suck. But I'm not really watching them. See, and I look at Buffalo, too, and you said they get their – I mean, of course, we got a a friend of the show in regards to uh, Colin Miller being on the Buffalo Sabres. So we're we're not shitting on him, just so everybody knows that, because from the – Hashtag gem local side of things, if you will. Uh, but nonetheless, the Buffalo Sabres have lost consecutive games to this current date of recording, 3 nothing. It's almost like, and Dane might get a good kick out of this uh, in terms of my reference, uh, more so. But it's almost like the Buffalo Sabres logged into a game of EASHL, saw who they were playing against, and rage quit and suffered the loss generically 3 nothing. That, that's what happens if you quit in a game of online. Because the reason why I bring up that with the Buffalo Sabres is because they're 6-10-3 and 10 to 3 at this current recording. And 2-7-1, and and they're past 10 at this current time of recording. Of course, this being February 28th, they are struggling. They are really struggling. There's a team that cannot buy a successful season. I see nothing but cursed with the Buffalo Sabres. Going towards the division points now. If you want to look at all the divisions right now, if you have an Atlantic division, okay, I'm going to use the Atlantic as an option. Toronto, Boston, Tampa. 
Florida. Okay, those are four teams. Tampa and Florida are top two in their division. Boston second in theirs. Okay, no one from the Atlantic is in the West. Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa are in the North. Toronto's doing well. Montreal was hot, but as Dane predicted, and as many probably would have thought, aren't being so hot as of late. You look at the division with the Oilers, Flames, Canucks. Uh, you, you, they have the Oilers, of course. I know Dane will probably go through all the, name, the teams more quickly than I am, but the California teams. This was a year that Edmonton could have been a favorite team in their division, believe it or not. Finally, when a time, and Dana said this to me, a time where the Oilers could have shined, COVID happened. Now they're in a division where it's going to be tougher for them than it would be in their regular division, if that's fair to say. I know my, the people might have difference of opinions. Oh, but, that's absolutely true. Like, you gotta, you, you got to think, like, with how bad Calgary and Vancouver are this year, the only two decent teams in that division would have been Vegas and Edmonton. And, I mean, Phoenix, you know, or Arizona, who knows with that. But, like, all the California teams are rebuilding. I mean, L.A., you know, the they're playing like it's, like, 2012 right now. Drew Doughty and, and Brown and Carter and Kopitar are playing out of their minds right now. But, uh, I mean, I imagine that's going to cool off pretty soon here. So, I mean, I, I, I like I honestly believe Edmonton's record would probably be better at the end of the year if they played in – you know, their normal division than the current division that we play in. Yeah, 100%. And that's the whole point of this year, where you look at the Winnipeg Jets. I'm, I'm a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, not just of Paul Maurice, but who? how can you hate the Winnipeg Jets? Okay, Shifley, Dubois, uh, just the team, Connor Hallibuck, they're, they're, they're a team to always like. All right, Vancouver, they're the team that went furthest out of all the Canadian teams last year. Furthest. Yeah, in a bubble-type scenario playoffs that were based in Toronto and Edmonton. But they went the furthest. Yes, they don't have Markstrom anymore, Tanev. They're missing a couple guys, but still a team that's not too far different from what they have. They added Holpe, who obviously isn't as good as Markstrom. But they're still a team that shouldn't be as bad as they are, in my opinion. Calgary, this North division, just because Toronto is number one and Edmonton's number two, doesn't mean that this division is fucking shit. I want everyone to know that. Just because... The Leafs and Oilers are one and two. Doesn't mean this division shit. That's transition out of division. Does it? Is it? Does is it? Colorado Avalanche favorites to win the Stanley Cup this year. They're fourth in their division. I don't see them being all fantastic. Sidney Crosby and the Penguins fourth in their division. I think division shit. Yeah, and I really feel Toronto and Edmonton in the Central Division. It'd be a great division. Tampa, Carolina, Florida. Now, I got, that division, okay, is a very competitive division, the Central right now. The East Division, I think Toronto and Edmonton would be right on the cusp with Washington and Boston, if not ahead of them. If you look at the Western Division, the, that division's been all over the place this year. Vegas is that team where I think is a favorite in that division coming out this year. Toronto and Edmonton would be top three in that division, if not top two in that division right now too i'm flat out gonna say that to you and yes i'm not not including the jets they'd also be competitive in each of those divisions so what i'm telling you is the north division are they the strongest division i won't say they're the strongest i got my eye on the central i'm really liking the central this year i think that is probably my number one but number two is the north division and is that fair to agree on at this table or or do you think my order is incorrect justin what do you first i mean at this point i'll agree with it <laughs> like dane Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it it checks out right now. I mean, like I said, we'll we'll see what the, the end of the season turns out, and 
will be interesting uh, conference finals this year. It will be. Now, one thing I want to bring up to the table, and then we'll let if everyone has any final comments or points that they want to bring up, because we're not going to keep it like a uh, uh, circular table topic today. The only one thing I want to bring up is Jordan Binnington, of course, at the time of this recording, and went a little bit too excited okay, in his exit of the game between San Jose and St. Louis, fake punching Carlson, fake punching Dubnik. <laughs> it was really uh, humorous to watch, if you will, especially from a guy who is a skinnier guy that, like Bennington is, but obviously is not afraid of anything. Uh, we, we, we've seen our fair share of goalie fights in the National Hockey League. And, you know, I really feel that that was something we could have saw yesterday. But the behavior from Bennington, I would like to hear everyone's reaction that's on a listener base of what they thought of Bennington's actions the other day. And I kind of want to go around to both Dane and Justin here quick. And then, like I mentioned, we'll have some final thoughts for we wrap up the show. Justin, you first. Uh, I'm not sure if you were able to see the clip, but Bennington getting a little bit heated yesterday. I I thought it was funny. It's I, I got a chuckle out of it. I mean, everyone's been cooped up. You're stuck with the same talking to the same people, seeing the same people all the time. People are going to do weird shit. Yeah, they are. And it's hilarious. Dane. And we're not going to get too much into this, obviously, because uh, just for content purposes. But Bennington, uh, there's a guy that, you know, showed a little bit of feistiness uh, at the end of the game. Uh, that was on Saturday night against the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, I think that's just his personality. Like, he probably beaks off a lot on the ice. Like, you know, just trying to get in a guy's face. I mean, it was funny. I mean, it is what it is. I don't know. Just going around fake punching people on your way off the ice, so. Yeah, I don't know. It's the NHL, baby. The NHL. Now, fellas, we talked about a lot here on the show. Where this was uh, it's planned to be a shorter show than normal. So getting to our conclusion. Justin, I want to go to you first with any points or topics, any kind of piece of information you want to provide to our listeners before going over to today and then yours truly before we wrap up. I uh, I don't really have too, too much. It was nice to see uh, Jack Campbell back out there last night. I don't I, I feel like the team plays better in front of him just because they like him, like personality-wise, so much. But they uh, they just play a little harder for him. It was nice to see, and uh, we'll see what goes on the rest of the week. Dane, how about you? Um, I I just couple. I just thought, uh, yeah, the Habs firing uh, their coach. I don't think we touched on that last week. I don't did we? Yeah, no, we did not. You're good to talk about. I just, yeah, I just thought, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, before the, the, the train goes completely off the rails, Bergevin, he's a very active GM, so I can't say that you should be surprised by it. But, uh, I mean, for a team that was like nine and six, they only lost three in a row at that point. It's just, I mean, I, I, you'd feel like your job is safe when you're third in the division and, you know, you, you are three games above 500, but. So I thought, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting and surprising. So we'll see how that kind of turns out for Montreal. Very surprised about it. You got to think, Carey Price. I feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for Carey Price. There, there's a guy that has been just prime of his career. You know, the Montreal, Montreal, almost got to want to, almost want to start the hashtag free Carey, but. We won't jump into that. We won't even go there. My point that I wanted to bring up 
is uh, for overall. Uh, I want to remind listeners that uh, they like, follow, subscribe on our platforms. But give your comment and reaction below about your favorite division thus far. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm loving the North Division as I, I think I speak of uh, with Justin and Dana as well, especially with us being on the Canadian side. But I definitely got my eye on that Central Division. I'm loving that Central Division as well. Let us know what you think below. And overall, uh, the Dallas Stars are a team that have not really been able to play much a lot like on consistently this year. They've had a different kind of schedule because of their postponements. I think that's a team that you still have to keep an eye on. You know, there's a team that's one year away being removed from the cup finals in the bubble. But there's a team that is much better than they, what they are performing. So I wanted to give a little shout out to Dallas. If anyone's a Dallas fan, do not lose hope yet at this current time. Fellas, we've talked hockey a good amount on the show. As I mentioned, a little bit shorter than normal. Usually we go an hour plus or a little bit shy of that today. Justin, you've been on the show back to back today within the pocket. We've done our hockey recording. I want to say thank you, my friend, uh, for taking the time to come on. And you and I will be in touch uh, this week. We do plan to have some uploads uh, going into this week. Sounds good, pal. We'll uh, we'll talk to you later on this week. Love that. Dane, of course, always a pleasure. Uh, And you and I will certainly be in touch. Hopefully we can have the three of us in the studio next time. We already had one in here, but we definitely need to make sure we continue with it going forward with inside the Gem Studios. It sucks not having you guys in here to look at. Feeling mutual, Dave. That was a, that you, you had to think about that response, eh? Just for a second, just one second. Thanks, Dane, for taking the time, my friend. I uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good luck tonight or tomorrow, tomorrow night, rather. You'd rather, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't really mean that, but uh, yeah. So hopefully, go Oilers. And so listeners know he is referring to the Leafs North game. We're still recording here on Sunday. Uh, the Leafs do play tomorrow, which is Monday. And make sure you check out NHL.com for schedule to make sure you can see when your team is playing. Now, myself and Scott Neeson will be, and of course the crew at the ESPN 1400 are, are up next in terms of content upload. That'll be Monday, 6 p.m on ESPN 1400 so make sure you check that out we will have a special edition upload this week it'll be part one because there's going to be two parts spoiler alert myself and Alex Parr uh, did an interview with Mike Zygamanis Sportsnet broadcaster and of course former NHLer it will be on our special edition presented by Little Caesars Pizza this week and we'll have more shows coming up here on the Game Sports Show Entertainment Media I'm here to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, shoot your shots. Booyah.